I'm Maddie. I'm Ryan. And this is The Mutant Ages, a show where we watch every adaptation of the X-Men. We're still watching the anime. Almost nothing has happened on this show, and it's the best thing ever. This is like... <laughs> like, almost no plot has been advanced as of this episode. Like, maybe they've moved forward one inch. This episode <laughs> is like, like them sitting around the dinner table again. <laughs> it's like them resolving one part of one argument. Okay. That's the entire episode. What? Okay. <laughs> it's so great. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the mutant brotherhood. All of their adventures, more than anyone should. about it because the character writing for the x-men of this is spot on like it is kind of the best it's so great it's just really funny because i was like thinking about it and i was like wow nothing like i i know we said last week like wow not a lot happened last week was like logan fights a teenager on a plane (laughs) who can turn into a weird um angel from evangelion and then also, like, the kid dies and then, like, Logan and Scott flirt with each other while playing pool. That's, like, all that happens, quote unquote. This episode is, like, even less than that. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, a couple of danger room scenes and, like, Scott fighting with Emma until the end of the episode when he's, like, oh, I guess I shouldn't have been fighting with Emma this whole time. <laughs> and it's, like... Great. Congratulations on catching up with the entire rest of the team that already had figured out that Emma wasn't working with the inner circle anymore. Like, it's like, it takes Scott six additional episodes to figure that out. Or like five or whatever we're on. Yeah, we're on episode five. We are on episode five, but Todd popped into the Mutant Ages dev slack. Amazing. And was watching along with us to give us some more notes. Yeah. And there's like some things I want to mention here that I thought was really funny where he took a screen cap of that coffee vending machine and he screamed, he sold the guns and bought a vending machine. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this version of Xavier is so much nicer. We'll get to that. But like he he's out here asking people permission. He's so respectful. I don't know who this version of him is. It's a totally different character. I don't know who this is. This isn't the Professor Charles Xavier that we know. know. Some other guy is here now. Also, Todd made a good joke about hank going up to emma to do her mri and she he wrote it as emma ri <laughs> i know which then had me second guessing it like did hank say that on the episode because no, i feel todd. like that's the kind of joke he would make <laughs> anyway todd also made fun of logan for getting out on top of the plane to fight that kid which like why was logan doing that i don't know we'll never he know. was up there he's so, so is sonic <laughs> 
Knuckles was there. <laughs> Should we bring back all the Sonic the Hedgehog characters this week? Yeah, I don't know if we can do that every week. I think people might revolt. I think they might be like, we came here for an X-Men show, Ryan. What are you doing? I'm like, fine. So, okay, well, honestly, if we're going to compare it to anything, uh, Logan fighting a monster on the roof of a plane is, is actually very Resident Evil. <laughs> it, it kind of is. Although, you know what? It reminded me in this episode, there's yet another fight on top of a plane, which is hilarious. It's in the danger room, but it still happens. Yeah, actually, and in this you're episode, right. it reminded me of Final Destination. Well, it's technically not Final Destination. It's the like other level from Super Smash Brothers where you're like on the plane. That's funny. I made a joke about in my notes about the Sentinel being Master Hand. So that's funny that we both had a Smash Bros. Yeah. moment without discussing it previous to this moment. Not that unusual for us. I, I feel like we refer to Super Smash Brothers a lot on the show. There's a few <laughs> key cultural artifacts that are like important to ryan and maddie and like understanding us and i would say todd who referred to super smash brothers multiple times in the x-men apocalypse episodes which <laughs> we did do that <laughs> like fucking kirby also in case it's not been glaringly clear after five years of the show the pokemon ditto is maddie's and my like yes yeah, that's another important, <laughs> like cultural, important piece of lore. Yeah, and uh, if yeah. King DDD is a duck or a penguin or a monkey, was an argument that we had for a very long time before they colored him in. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. these are important, important piece of information. And if you want to understand them all, I mean, it won't help you if you watch Demon on our YouTube channel, but it might kind of get you on the right wavelength. So I would recommend doing yeah. that. Uh, so previously on the X Men. The uh, X-Men were here. You already kind of recapped it. The there was like the mutant child on top of the uh, Blackbird that Logan fought. The that plane. was created by the human because... Or at least corrupted by the human is probably a better way to put it. Stuff did actually happen in the last episode. So Emma jumped in front of Arma. 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 Emma jumped in front of Arma. The video game Arma 2. She jumped in yep. front of it to save it. <laughs> and her diamond form manifested for the first time. And this was happening when Kick came back to life momentarily before he tried to kill a school bus full of children, New Mutant style. Didn't work. Mm-hmm. So they decided to bring Emma back to New York at the X-Mansion to make sure that her secondary mutation was that and not a, an experimentation of the U-Men. And mm-hmm. that's about it. I don't think anything else happens. There's a lot of Scott just screaming in the background. I mean, there's like that whole fight scene on the way to New York where Logan gets up on top of a plane and fights this, this child who's about to die or teenager. We don't actually actually know how old he is and he dies before we ever find out. That's another thing. They bring the teenager back and the teenager screams and turns into ash. And then Hank discovers yes. that there is a virus that's targeting the mutant gene. So that's all stuff that happened mm-hmm. in the last episode. It's actually kind of nice to be able to recap and be like, I can actually remember what happened. Yeah. Because if during Wolverine and the X-Men, I was like, okay, every episode we're like, let's go. Let's go back to episode one and recap everything. The entire fucking show. <laughs> we're like, okay, so the, the mansion exploded and we still haven't solved that. And there's like six plot lines. I guess we can just start. I I, I was going to keep recapping, but I feel like that's that's plenty. We've, we've talked about the mutant virus. That's the most important piece of information. Yeah. Gene's still dead. And in this episode, it's going to be mostly Scott just screaming and being the world's biggest dick. They did a good job at writing him. Yes. I really felt like he was like Scott Summers. And also, Terrible. yeah, and the way that Storm <laughs> reacts to him is also very much how Storm and Scott have the relationship in the comic books. Where, and Wolverine also. Yeah. I feel like they just nailed it with the characterization of these 
X-Men. So it's been nice. Mm-hmm. Even Armor. It Armor was, was pretty cool. good in this, too. This is great, actually. Yeah, we still like the anime. Shocking no one. <laughs> We're still enjoying I, you know, this television it show. It is actually a good show, but I also feel like Wolverine the X-Men set such a low bar in terms of like storytelling. Yeah, it's just a relief to watch something that makes sense. And like every episode has something in it that actually <laughs> contributes to the overarching plot. Oh, God, we got to move on. Anyway, <laughs> so we start we start with Armor in the Danger Room. That's not revealed until a couple minutes in, but it's very obvious that that's where she is. Uh, she's fighting a sentinel. Yeah, that ex- the mountain explodes into a sentinel. Which is absurd. I mean, it's also kind of interesting that sentinels apparently existed at some point in the past to the point where the X-Men are still fighting them in their danger room. I also don't understand this whole thing that Xavier keeps doing where he's like, or maybe it's Cyclops, I guess, who's like, all right, we're going to have a child fight this thing in the danger room by themselves to see what they can do. And I'm just like, why isn't anybody else in there with her? Mm-hmm. Uh, she gets traumatized in this scene because like, she thinks it's real. Yeah, but it, <laughs> but also Scott later accuses her of not thinking it's real enough. Okay, well, Scott... But like she's screaming as the Sentinel is grabbing her. She's screaming, I don't want to die yet. So it's like, I think she might think it's real. Well, like, I feel like she's in the midst of a PTSD We don't even attack, know what happened. Which is, this is right after she's been kidnapped by the U-Men and, like, almost killed in real life. But, like, we don't even know, like, why she's in there. Like, we don't see a previous scene. She's just in the danger room. Were they, were they just like, here, go into this room. We're going to test out your powers. And then she, she goes into the room. It's just, like, a big, rad room with nothing. And they just kind of like leave. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, uh, and then the room transforms. <laughs> They're just watching her, not interfering at all. Just like watching her from a control room or whatever. And she does power up her armor form. It just doesn't actually help her because she's like not really fighting back in this moment. Well, right. Because the Sentinel's shooting his arms off and controlling her. This is where I said that it was master hand. It's just like the hands flying around. The hands fly off and they're like (laughs) grabbing her, which I guess is I feel like I've seen that happen before in other media, but it was very weird looking. Um, But I don't think it's a new to this show thing. Uh, where the Sentinels can, like, detach limbs and, like, f- shoot them off, like, individual rockets or whatever, like Voltron or I something. I think they can, because I know that in Marvel vs. Capcom 2, if you play as the Sentinel, yeah. it does, like, shoot its hand off like a rocket. It shoots its hand off. Great way to understand the fucking powers of the mu- the Marvel <laughs> Universe playing Marvel versus Capcom 2. <laughs> Honestly? Not the worst way to understand the Marvel <laughs> Universe. There's that. And I also, I feel like it does remind me of like Voltron, Power Rangers, all these other like inspired by Japanese action action shows things. So it kind of makes sense that it's coming full circle in the anime for the Sentinel to do this. So anyway, the Sentinel drops her and she falls to the ground and we just kind of see her back in the real world with the danger room powering back down. Well, she's on the ground shaking. And Logan just shows up and he's like, hey, if that was real, you'd be fucking dead. And it's like, <laughs> Logan, what? why are you? <laughs> he just walks up. And he's like, hey, it's a good thing you're not actually dead right now because you definitely would be. Anyway, bye. Meanwhile, meanwhile <laughs> Scott walks up and he's like, well, if Emma had trained her better, she wouldn't be yes. dead. But I guess she's going to fall into the wrong crowd because of Emma Frost. And I was like, yes. what are you saying? This whole episode is Scott just being an asshole. Like Scott instantly is like, 
So I guess Emma didn't train her at all. And it's like, okay, she didn't even exhibit her powers until like yesterday. So how much could Emma have really trained her ahead of time? Okay, but also immediately he's like, well, Emma, because you trained her, she's going to fall in with the brotherhood now. And it was like, that's not... He's like, I guess now she's susceptible to Magneto's influence or whatever. And everybody's like, what are you talking about? Like, he doesn't bring up Magneto, but he just kind of no, is but like, that's kind of like the she's going to fall in with the wrong crowd. But I think Hisako maybe misinterprets it because she's like, are you talking about Emma as the wrong crowd? And she like runs up to Scott and she's like, you can believe whatever you want to. That's fine. But Emma saved my life and risked her own to do it. You owe her an apology. And Scott is just like walking out of the room, completely ignoring all of this and being extremely dramatic. And Hisako just keeps screaming at him yeah which is you know nice to see i don't think she misinterpreted it i think she was just mad that like immediately scott was like well armor's bad because m is a stupid fucking bitch and like armor's yeah, like and armor's like fuck you like i don't even know you and i hate you and yeah. i'm not gonna listen to you which it's is nice. all kind of fair like scott is doing nothing to endear himself to this child that he just met no let alone emma who didn't do anything wrong but he just decided that she did but it's actually kind of interesting because armor is like one of the female child sidekicks to Wolverine. Yep. And in this show, that's not what it is. It's like, it's Emma's sidekick, <laughs> which is actually pretty <laughs> yeah, kind of sweet, right? Although I could kind of see her becoming Logan's sidekick at some point, too. She and Logan have, like, a pretty good relationship so far. Well, I mean, Logan is always taking his teenage girls like they're his sister. He's like, mm-hmm. listen, I just want, like, 16 siblings all girls are more badass than I am. <laughs> it's really cute. Um, but I also feel like Hisako's whole deal is that she's like kind of a troubled kid who's like lashing yeah. out at the adults in her life and stuff because she hasn't, you know, she's she's overwhelmed and everything. I mean, that's kind of the energy of this scene is that she's in theory being rude to Scott. But Scott is also rude himself. So it feels very deserved. Scott you really know? needs to be punched in his face in this episode. It doesn't happen. I wish Logan would just gut punch him. It kind of does. Armor does it eventually. I mean, it's part of a training thing, but she does punch him several times. That is what he wants her to do, though. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like, technically Scott does get punched in the face. That seems like an important thing to note here. Okay, just, well, that's We gotta that's wait fair. 15 minutes. Well, for, <laughs> after Scott leaves, we go over to the med lab. Wait, I just want to talk about one line Armor says. Scott makes fun of her for still being in middle school and she screams i'm in high school and i just thought that was a really funny line that's all okay because I... it reminded me of like us and like other teenagers where it's like excuse me i'm in ninth grade it was like very <laughs> it's really cute i like the writing for hisako in this scene it's good i kind of still do that if i go to like a sh- like so i've been at shows and they don't normally card, but they... Right, right. And people assume you're older or younger than you oh, right. really are. Right, but they did card me going in last night. And I was like, <laughs> I'm here all the time. You like you, you people know who I am. But I think it was a new door guy. And he's like, I need to see your license. And I was like, excuse me, I'm almost 40. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they have to do that. You shouldn't have ragged on him. I don't know. I still get carded too. I didn't. I just like quietly gave him my card and it was like... All right. It's always kind of funny to like hand somebody your ID and have them be like, whoa, okay. <laughs> Which happens to me They're fairly like, often. Oh, yeah. They do that to like, me too. Oh, you may look young, but you are 300 years old. Okay, yeah, there was go like, on in. They're like, wow, I thought you were like 25. And I was like, then why, still, yep. why did you need my ID? <laughs> Well, I mean, they're just making sure. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, we both look younger than we are because we're so hot. Listen, we're vampires and we're going to live forever. Yeah. Yeah. Dracula is our dad. Anyway, uh, so after that, Beast is 
standing around like a hot furry. Like a fuckable yep. hot furry. He's a beautiful cat man. Yeah, so I know. Hank is talking to Xavier in his lab, being gorgeous. And yep. Hank is like kind of going over the results of Emma's tests. And he's like, it's peculiar. The human abducted both of them, but Emma shows no sign of the virus in her system. We definitely need to check on the other abductees. So this confused me because I was like, does this mean that Hisako has some of the virus in her system? Like, did he test her? I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, that now that you say that, I have no idea. I just was like, this is just a plot point for Xavier Beauty. Like, all right, everyone needs to go back to Japan. That was kind of yeah. like the point of this. Well, also, Xavier's like, can you quickly invent a drug to cure the virus? And Hank is like, sure. And he invents it in like two hours. <laughs> like, okay, that also happens. All right, whatever. Uh, but meanwhile, Scott is in his bedroom staring at the necklace again. Yep. <laughs> the yep. necklace is Absolutely back. he is. Yep, the necklace is back. Just in case you were wondering what the fuck we're talking about, there's a necklace that Jean wore in episode one before she died. All the characters in this show are Cyclops, Armor, Emma Frost, Beast, Wolverine, Storm, Xavier, and Necklacy. Yep, Necklacy's back. Pendant E. Pendant, <laughs> Pendant E. e. Miss, Mrs. Pendant. Mrs. Is Pendant. Here. <laughs> Mrs. Pendant was She's married. married. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also like a framed photo of Jean on the nightstand where she's wearing the pendant. And it's like, I it's don't like know. It's like a super what this hot photo is. of Jean, too. It's like her yeah, hair is gorgeous, her boobs, her tits are out yeah, it's like, like Emma a Frost. staged photo with like wind tunnel hair in front of her. Like, it's like, what is going on? Like, who took this photo? Can you imagine like when they shot that? It it was like, all right, we're going to have Jean stand here. We're going to have the fans aimed at her. And she's like looking over her shoulder. It's literally like Hank doing like this whole portrait mode with Jean. He's like, I'm getting real creative. I smoked a little weed. We're going to have you yep, look at me this yep, way. Yep, Storm, yep. stand over there and blow the wind through her hair. <laughs> of course. Yeah. What am I saying? We don't need a fan. We just have Aurora there to blow the wind over. I love the X-Men. Oh, that would be perfect. <laughs> anyway. So then we go over to, I would describe this as the war room where the X-Men are like having their little meeting. So Xavier's addressing Aurora, Scott, Emma, and Logan. And Xavier's like, I think it's time we added to our family. And I'd like to nominate Hisako as a junior member of the X-Men. Are there any objections? And Aurora's like, are you kidding? Please, that girl's smart as a whip, which I thought was a very cute line for her. Yeah. And Xavier's like, it's settled then. I'd also like to propose we accept Emma as a member. And then there's like a quick zoom in on Scott just whispering, what? Like really <laughs> angrily, like, but also like quietly to himself. I really liked that. And then Xavier is like, I think she'd fit in well with the X-Men, which, okay. So this version of Xavier is nothing like Xavier, but also is like completely socially incompetent, which is really funny. Like, I feel like I'm used to Xavier being like so emotionally intelligent and like using it to manipulate, manipulate people, people and being aware of everyone's emotional state at all times because he's constantly reading their minds. And he's like, OK, these two people hate each other. How am I going to bounce them off of each other to achieve what I want them to do? This word of Xavier is like the opposite of that, where he's just like, I don't know, this Emma lady seems good. We just add her in. And it's like. Uh, no, because Scott has been losing his fucking mind for like a week about her. Have you been paying any attention? He hasn't here? even been there. He's like been gone sitting in a fucking garbage dump for a year. I know, but like Xavier should be worried about Scott is kind of my point. And then also Logan. Okay, but this is in character for Logan because Logan's like, yeah, let's add Emma. She protected that kid like a pit bull in Japan. Like just completely ignoring the fact that Scott <laughs> hates her. But that I think fits for Logan. And also, it's funny that they're having this conversation with Emma in the room. Yeah, Emma's like, I'm right here. <laughs> yeah, and Emma is just like, mm-hmm, 
<laughs> yeah, keep talking about me. Okay, yeah, interesting, interesting. Okay. And Charles is like, so Emma, do you want to join? And she just smiles and nods. And Scott just like is like exploding. He's like, you gotta be kidding me. He's like, I don't agree. Yeah. So then Cyclops... <laughs> okay. Scott yeah, is like, go ahead. oh, Scott pulls to Xavier. He's like, yes. all right, Emma, if you're really not a bad person, you have to let Xavier go into your brain and give, expose all your deepest memories. Yes. He's like, you need to have Xavier look through every single thing that's ever happened to you in your entire life and tell us if you've ever done anything bad or had a bad thought even one time. And Emma's like, um, no, <laughs> I'm not doing that and she's also like if that's the price of admission for joining the x-men then you all can go straight to hell and scott just goes thought so because <laughs> I, <laughs> I was like oh my god scott shut the fuck he up but is it was really such a funny. bitch oh my god and then emma goes i'm not sharing my private thoughts with anybody is that clear and then we get like a little break from the action and go back to hank's lab where we're like oh are they gonna still let her in even though she's not willing to share her thoughts with Xavier. We don't know yet. We'll return to that scene later. <laughs> this is the, this is what passes for like thrilling action on this show is like part of the conversation has happened, but we don't get to see the rest of the conversation until two minutes from now. Like that's how this works. Yeah, but that's anime for you. Anyway, we go to Hank's lab and we have another wonderful character building conversation with Hisako and Hank, which I also really loved. This is a good conversation. It's great. So Hisako is like helping Beast load some test tubes into a tray, which I think this is the antiviral that Beast already fucking finished making, by the way. Like he took two seconds. I lo- Beast is a fucking genius and he's adorable. We love him. So Hisako is being a, a teenager and being like, so what's the deal with Cyclops? Why is he such a fucking tool? <laughs> I mean, she does call him a tool. That's not Maddie adding that in. That's she the does. actual line. I know. I love that that was the translation. Um, I hope they have a similar slang term for her to call him in Japanese. And Beast is like, Scott? Like, almost like kind of pretending like he doesn't know what she's talking about for a second and like listening first, which I really liked for him. Yeah. And she's like, I don't think I've ever seen him smile. And then she like does a little Scott imitation where she's like, uh, you just got here, Hisako. Maybe you should get through middle school before you go pointing fingers, blah, 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 (laughs) which I thought was really funny. And she's like, he's the one who goes around judging everybody. I know Emma feels bad about being part of the inner circle. I can see how sorry she is, but Cyclops just keeps salting the wound. It doesn't make him seem like much of a leader. And then Beast he kind of he I wish he told her more information here, but I think he kind of is like, well, it's Scott's story to tell. Yeah. So instead, he just kind of keeps it vague, but includes just enough information to help her, which is he says, the truth is Scott has a wound of his own, a broken heart, one that most likely will never heal. Give him time. He's just struggling to find his way at the moment in very much the same way you are, which is like, I don't know. I thought it was nice that he was really vague about it, but also Hisako kind of puts it together and is like, okay, like Scott's going through his own shit too. And the other thing that I think is interesting about this show is that again, we don't know how old the X-Men are. Like at this point, we probably can guess Hisako's 14, 15 years old based on the fact that she's like, I'm yeah, in high school. But I don't know how old anybody else is. But is Scott like 19 years old? Like we literally don't know. Like, is he 25? Is he 32? You know, like we don't know. But the way that Scott is acting, I'm like, he could be 21. Like, he could be 20 years old. Like, he's being a baby. You know what I mean? Like, I just yeah. thought that was kind of interesting to be like, some of his behaviors a little bit more explicable if you kind of look at it that way is like, they're closer in age than you think, you yeah. know? 
This is X-Men Evolution, Scott, where he's just whiny. It kind of seems like it. Yeah. Or or like the very beginning of Wolverine and the X-Men when we still kind of like Scott, where he's like really upset. Well, I liked Evolution Scott, too. I thought those were both good interpretations. I mean, I don't like Scott here, but this is the most accurate version of him that's existed since X-Men the Animated Series, where it's just to say just being a dick. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't like him, but I like him as a character, you know? Well, like, yeah, he's... yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, I think it's what they're trying to do they try to want to get you to not like him right now and then turn it around i don't and know and then like him again later maybe i, I don't, don't know, know. He's maybe in annoy. other episodes after this he's gonna be less of a dick but he's gonna keep being dick for the next 10 minutes or so well yeah because right right now in xavier's war room xavier's like we should all respect emma's wishes and not go into her head without her permission because i'm charles xavier and i respect people and i was like what's happening whoa i know <laughs> And so Xavier's like, so Emma's a member of the team, and I haven't screened her, and I'm not going to, and that's how that's going to end. And then Scott's <laughs> such a little bitch, and he like gets up, and he goes, I want you all to remember this down the line, which he stabs us all in the back, and he like storms out. <laughs> which is the second time he stormed out dramatically. He already stormed out of the danger room dramatically. Now he's storming out okay, of the war room dramatically. Wait, it's like really funny, though, because he storms out, slams the door shut, and Oro's like, um, so anyway, now that he's gone, who was that person that wasn't you, Emma? <laughs> she just like, continues on. She's like, he needs to not be here. I just yeah. want to know what's going on. Yeah. And then everybody kind of has a quick conversation about Mastermind, where Emma's basically like, oh, it could have been Mastermind. Yeah. It would be pretty easy for him to make it look like I was there. I mean, we are, we are definitely finding out in this episode that Mastermind is the big bad, which is really interesting, because mm-hmm. we're going to find out that this version of the Hellfire Club is not run by Sebastian Shaw. It's run by... A really homosexual version of <laughs> Jason Wingard. Yeah. yeah, the gayest he's ever been. Yeah. Yeah, which is interesting. I mean, I, I feel like it's kind of fun that they're focusing on the idea of illusions a lot and like people not trusting each other because of all these illusions. I mean, it kind of allows the character drama to be the most important part as opposed to like action fight scenes, you yeah. know? Like yep. that's clearly what they were more interested in. Yeah. So um there's some lines where xavier knows who mastermind is i mean that's all we really need to know they kind of have a little combo about him and then we go back to b slab and scott enters the room and walks over to hank and hisako well it's more like he stomps in i don't yeah, think that stomps because in. this is like i don't like this is awful because like hank's like yeah. um can we help you and scott's like well, Hisako, you and Emma are joining the team. And then he, like, grabs Hisako by the arm. Yep. And he's like, you need to fucking go to the danger room right the fuck now. I don't care if Emma's your teacher. I'm the leader of the X-Men, and you have to do exactly what I say. So get in there, you little bitch. And I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know. It's terrible. Okay, but this is... Because Scott is, like, taking out his own anger on this child, which about is... About Emma? That's what I wrote down. I was like, this is extremely fucked up that Scott's like, well, I'm mad that Emma's... A- on the team so i'm gonna get back at her by grabbing her student and throwing her in the danger room like cyclops is a super villain yeah he's being really inappropriate here and just torturing this already traumatized child who just got here for kind of no reason i mean it's like i guess it's kind of justified by the end of the episode where hisako like once again gets control of her powers but i'm like there must have been a better way to do it than this i mean I don't know. I, I'm i not sure what to make of that part of it. This is Cyclops doing the thing where he's like, 
well, if we're going to have children on the team, they have to be soldiers, you know, like that shit. A hundred percent. Yeah. Which is not ideal. And it, it, it also just, again, seems like it's his own personal feelings getting in the way. It doesn't really have anything to do with like what's healthy for anybody else, be they children or not. I mean, this is why him dating both Emma and Jean in the comics at the same time is good for him because he needs like constant therapy. <laughs> and both of them are like, all right, like whose turn is it this week? Sometimes it's Logan. He walks in. He's like, listen, Slim, yeah. uh, you need to calm it the fuck down. Yeah, Scott needs a lot of help. Polyamory is a good solution for extremely emotionally needy Scott Summers, apparently, um, as long as he's communicating, which he seemingly is these days. Well, I think it's better when there's like two th- psychics that have like therapy qualifications. So like, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, so we go, Scott drags Hisako over to the danger room where scary music is playing because everything's terrible. Like throws her in there. First of all, this is what you're talking about, where we're going back up on top of the Blackbird again Mm -hmm. to fight. Yeah. But this time, Cyclops is full on Terminator mode. Yeah. He's like, I don't fucking care if she dies during this training session because if she's going to be with us, she has to accept that she may die on the field. So I'm going to try and fucking kill her and I'm not going to go easy on her. She should either armor up or she's going to die today. And that's not really my problem. Yeah, and I was like, it's crazy. Jesus. He's like, I'm just going to fucking kill this child. And like, is shooting at her on this jet plane in the sky. Like, I'm screaming that she doesn't want to fight him. Yep. Cyclops is like, doesn't fucking matter, bitch. And like, <laughs> she's like running around the plane trying to avoid these shots from his eyes. Like, at first, she's yeah. like not engaging. She's just running away. And like, at first, Logan is kind of like, huh, yeah, okay, he's not screwing around. But then the more time goes on, the more horrified Aurora and Logan and Emma become. Where they're like, what the fuck is going on right now? Yeah, there's a part where Aurora's like, that's it. I'm shutting this off. Like, what the fuck are we even doing right now? And it's actually Emma's like, hold on, this might actually work. But like, keep your hand on the button just in case. Like, (laughs) it's kind of like what's happening. Because Emma basically is like, okay, so Hisako hasn't gone armor mode yet. So give her a chance to to use her powers and block Cyclops' shots and show herself that she can do it. Because technically she is capable of not dying in this situation. She's just afraid. And she can just use her powers defensively initially. Right. And that's what's happening. She like turns her armor to armor and it's going into kaiju form. Yeah. Well, first there's a couple lines. So way back when she was fighting the Sentinel at the very beginning of the episode, one of the things she did was like beg the Sentinel not to hurt her, which obviously wasn't going to work. I mean, she's talking to a robot. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And also like she's talking to like an AI projection of a robot. Like it's not even a real robot. Like it's not going (laughs) to listen to her because it's a program. I mean, so I don't understand how the danger room actually works because it's like, oh, it's a hollow except like it's real yeah, when you're in there i know that's a good point i don't fucking know so like i just thought that was interesting and to me again indicated that she was so traumatized that she kind of thought it was real and was just like reacting as opposed to thinking logically during the fight so right as she's begging scott to stop trying to kill her <laughs> scott interrupts and is like your enemies aren't going to let up just because you ask them and if you can't control your powers you'll just be another victim which is an insanely harsh thing to say but i feel like it's an important piece of like what scott's methodology is for teaching her quote unquote yeah where he's just yeah. like you have to face facts kid it's tough out here and scott is like use what you were born with see see if you can stop me and that's when she finally uses her armor to block it yeah and then she becomes a kaiju and starts punching scott which is pretty satisfying which is great <laughs> 
It is. It's fun to watch that. And like during that time, Logan is like, I think Sykes' visor's on too tight. <laughs> like, yeah, which is he's like, great. Sykes lost it. And Emma's like, he's trying to provoke her to draw out her power because she just like keeps kicking his ass. And like, then- and she's also like, I can't control it. I can't control it. And then Scott has the same lines of dialogue from episode one when he was talking to Gene. Yeah. And it's so anime where Rose like, wow, Scott's using the same thing that she said to Gene. And yep. Logan's like, yes, he's talking about Gene, but to Hisako. <laughs> it's like, it's got his like, control your power. Don't let it control you. Like the magical girl speech, as Todd would call it. Like, he's just like, come on, Hisako, you got this. Don't give in. And like, in his mind, we see him flashing back to Gene. Because like, this is his whole life. And there's like this sad cello music playing in the background. <laughs> and then like Scott is like, clear your mind, focus everything on your power. And then armor, it actually works. Like armor does manage to focus and stop screaming. And then like they fade back into the danger room. Yeah. And then Logan stand there. He's like, damn, that was a dick move, but it worked. I know. <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> Basically, what his line is, he says he was a dick, but it worked. And I was like, Logan, don't pardon this. This was so stupid. Uh, and then Scott is like, nicely done. And Hisako is like, there was nothing nice about it. This power is turning yeah, me into right. a monster. And then she starts sobbing and runs away. And it's like, okay, this kid is not doing well. Like- She's like traumatized. And Logan's like, said, I don't remember what he says, but he says something empathetic about Hisako. Yeah, he says, give her some time. It's always rough in the beginning. And after seeing what the you men did to that kid on the blackbird she should be scared see that's what i'm saying like he was being very empathetic cyclops is like yes well she's gotta fucking bury those emotions if she's gonna be on the x-men and Logan's like what the hell dude <laughs> okay the scene that happens after this is really great though oh what the one with aurora yeah. yeah so hisako is like crying out on the balcony by herself because she's freaking out and aurora like makes a little gentle snowfall happen and like flies over from the sky and like lands yep. a little farther away from her on the balcony and is like, hey, got a minute? And Hisako nods and Aurora like walks over to stand next to her. And she like looks into the sky and her eyes turn white and then a blizzard kind of starts up. And then she like suddenly changes the weather in a snap to be like warm and gorgeous again, just to kind of show yeah. how much control she has over her powers at this point that it's like she can do it without a second thought. And then right. Aurora kind of looks back at Hisako, who's looking up at her like, oh, my God, you're the coolest ever, which is cute. There's also like a little anime bird that flies down and just yes, like, and like lands, a on, lands on Aurora's finger <laughs> like she's a Disney princess. And she's like, when I first realized I had powers, I honestly didn't know what to make of it. It was a huge turning point in my life, one that could have gone badly. If I hadn't met Charles, well, I was lucky. And this is like the cardinal landing on her hand. And Hisako's like, so Professor Xavier, he was there to protect you. And Storm's like, what he did was so much more than that. He taught me to know my own heart, to really own my power. He showed me the right path and then sent me on my way. There's no doubt that mutants are different than humans, but there's one thing we all have in common. Every one of us has a heart. And Hisako's like, I guess. Storm is <laughs> like, that's what we do. We try to bridge the hearts of man and mutant. I'm extremely proud of everything I've managed to achieve because of the X-Men. So essentially, in so many words, she's like, I became an activist after learning how to use my powers, and that's the most important thing in my life. And Hisako's like, that's great if you want it, but I'm not sure I do. I just want my life to be normal. Right. And Aurora's like, you'd only be closing the book on the person you were meant to be. And then Emma shows up in the background and is like, she's right. And Hisako turns around and is like, it's Emma. <laughs> and Emma's like, she's like, Emma's here too. <laughs> 
Emma's like, you can't hide from the truth. If you do, you'll never learn to master your powers. Instead, they'll master you, which is exactly what Cyclops is afraid of. Even if you'd chosen otherwise, the fact remains that you were born a mutant. Like it or not, you can't run away from fate. Which I liked all of this from Emma. I thought it was good. And Hisako's like, fate? And Emma's like, you have to accept who you are. You have to be brave and show the courage I know is in you. And Hisako's like, I don't know. I'm glad you wrote this all down. I don't know if I'm as strong (laughs) as the rest of you. Maybe I never will be. And Emma's like, hmm, come with me. And then this is the moment where Emma is like, I'm going to be strong for Hisako and let Xavier show her all my memories. My memories! But like, this is not... Well, yeah, always. It's the X-Men. We're always our memories. But I feel like she's like, I got to be strong for Saku and do this for the team. And I was like, I wish you didn't have to, though. I know. Like, you're only doing this because Cyclops is being a little bitch. Yeah, I mean, I agree. But I feel like the implication of the lines before it that the show is trying to convince us of is that Emma's ultimately doing this because she's like, I want to show Hisako I'm not ashamed of the mistakes that I made in my past because right now Hisako is freaking out and she doesn't believe that she can ever like be a good person and overcome this problem. So like I need to show her that I used to be a lost teenager as well because I mean, these memories are not that kind of ammo early on. She has like 16 boy toys that she's mind controlling and she's like, I love being popular bitch that's not how it starts though <laughs> it starts with her not being popular no, know, but I whatever i know but she wants to show hisako that journey you know well i don't think they show every single memory of hers they, they just they xavier's don't. like trying to pull the ones that are important because she asks xavier to project it into everyone's minds so they can see yeah what he's saying yeah because she also knows that's the only way scott's gonna get over his stupid bullshit whatever i mean <laughs> It's kind of funny how quickly he turns around afterwards. He's like, well, anyway, we'll get there. First we go in and it's Emma. It's like we get child Emma sad and alone on a swing with people being like, that girl's so fucking weird. We should fucking beat her. Like, I was like, Jesus. Yeah, there's like a couple moms being like, that That kid's fucking creepy. It's like she knows what you're thinking. And it's like these these moms judging her for being a mutant. Yeah. Which is disgusting. And then there's like some shots of her in high school trying to make things work where it's kind of more or less the same. And it does the stuff from the comic books where she's kind of dating. Dating around. And girls are being like, that girl's a skank and a hobo. She's dating around. There's also like her being like the teacher's pet and like that whole se- sequence from um, yeah, the Emma Frost comic books. Yeah, although they don't show the teacher per se. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's supposed to be a teacher. But I was thinking about that storyline that you mentioned on her backstory. Yeah. I think that's what it was kind of was. That was the vibe I got from it. But eventually... It's like her doing like fucking galas and shit. Yeah. And she's fucking gorgeous. She's wearing like this white ball gown and is surrounded by boy toys who are all yeah, fawning over really her great. and being like, oh my God, Emma, you're so hot. And she like mastermind rolls up in a limo and yep. is like, you know, you could do more with your powers if you join me. And Emma's like, sure, you got cocaine. He's like, yep. Yeah. Get also, in the like, I feel Let's like go. she looks like, I don't know, 16 here. Like she doesn't look totally grown up well obviously like yeah and so they have her basically manipulating business deals and shit for the hellfire club although i don't know who's on the team of the hellfire club because there's a shot where it's like mastermind with three other guys don't recognize any of them they're all in shadow yeah i don't think we're gonna see them again on this show unless they turn into the u-men i mean that was kind of my theory (laughs) yeah i mean maybe we're supposed to think that it's like donald pierce and everybody in the background but like we don't see them maybe but i kind of get the vibe that like they might be the u-men that are the human we know now who are in the background. I don't know, but we'll find out. Well, or maybe they're the Hellfire Club. And just as Scott and everybody has been pointing out, the Hellfire Club breaks up after that fight. 
and Mastermind goes off to do his own thing. Well, I, okay. Well, first, first they go to like this funeral because I guess one of the business deals goes wrong. Yeah, and, and somebody the dies. Guy dies, and Emma's at this fucking funeral dressed as Bayonetta, by the way. Mm-hmm. And she's also. Like, I think the implication is that the guy killed himself. I think no. I think that's what the implication is too. I think like yeah, because Mastermind says that man threw his life away. Forget about him. Which just the writing of that to me, it seems like they probably ruined him financially or destroyed his life in some type of way for the benefit of the Hellfire Club, and then this guy committed suicide. Yeah, and this is the moment where Emma's like. Jason, I can't do this anymore. I'm leaving the inner circle. Yeah. And Mastermind is like, you're welcome to try. You might find it harder than you think, <laughs> though, my dear. Which, like, okay. We're like, calm oh, down. Okie dokie. Uh, <laughs> so then Emma starts teaching students again, starting with the kid on a swing set. Irrelevant. We're never going to hear this yeah. kid again. But I think part of why this scene is so irrele- is so relevant is because she's with this kid on the swing set when Jean dies. Like this is oh, yeah, this is important. her alibi yeah. is that this day, this particular day where she's consoling a crying kid about the fact that he's a mutant, which is cute anyway. It's nice to see Emma being a teacher again and returning right. to what she what a much healthier outlet for her own feelings. Right. This is this is when Charles kind of after that scene ends, he's like, This is the moment of our final battle with Jean. When she finally fell that day, Emma was nowhere near. I dare say your innocence has been proven. And then the memories stop being projected and Emma kind of like blinks back to reality and Hisaka runs up to hug her and Emma has a little monologue where she's like I'm nowhere near as strong as you give me credit for I've made my share of mistakes and hopefully shining a light on my sins will allow me to close the book on them for good I was able to change you see and I've no doubt you can too yeah and they hug and then Scott walks up (laughs) he's just like hey my bad It's like literally that fast. Uh, he's like, um, sorry, I've been a dick. Anyway, can you forgive me? And Emma's like, I guess so. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> so funny. God, fucking Scott. I hate him so much. Like, what a fucking stupid asshole. All right. I know. Especially because she's like, every team has growing pains, right, Cyclops? Or do I finally get to call you Scott now? And he just goes, let's stick with Cyclops. Which is like, why are you still being distant with her? Like, I don't know because we know problem? they're gonna fuck. So that's like, probably why he's being distant is because he's like still thinks she's hot. So he's like, "Call me Cyclops." He's like, "Her tits are really hot, and I can't be and attracted to that because I'm married to Jean, who's been dead for a year. And because I love Jean, I can never love again, even though I'm attracted to this lady. And therefore, it's her fault. Oh my god, it's such a straight man issue. I know Jesus it's Christ. ridiculous. As I was coming out of my mouth, I was like, "Never mind. This is like a real thing that men do." It is. It is. So Emma's finally been forgiven by Scott, I guess. Yeah. So we go back to Beast Lab for like one second where Xavier's like, okay, go to Northern Japan and like fix everything. Well, I mean, they talk about Japan and he wants to do more tests on the mutated mutants and that they also notice on this like little map that there's a valley where this is apparently all happening where the dead zone is. Yeah. Uh, in terms of like telepathy and shit. Yeah, the dead zone that Xavier still can't figure out what the fuck is causing yeah, it. Yeah, and they're like... Okay, cool. And so they'll leave. And Emma turns. She's like, so is there anything else you want us to do? Oh, wait. we You're not going to talk about the reveal of Emma's sexy new costume? I mean, <laughs> that I guess. But like, it's just her normal <laughs> costume. So it's not. I know. But they show up and Emma's wearing like this ludicrously sexy outfit. And Logan's like, nice duds, ladies. Which like just comes off like Logan is gay and is like, you look great, <laughs> sister. Like, I think it's supposed like, to be like. Love your clothes, chicka. It just, it's funny. Um, But yeah. Anyway, they all leave, and this is this is when Emma's like, "So, is that everything you wanted us to look into?" And Charles is like, "What are you talking about?" 
And Emma's like, I'm a little curious. Who's this Sasaki woman? And Charles is like, you've already read my thoughts, have you? And he's like annoyed. And she's like, Charles, you of all people should know that some thoughts are so loud they demand to be heard. Look, I wasn't poking around. It just sort of happened. And she kind of pauses and Charles doesn't answer, which is fun. And then she's like, fine then. It wasn't my intention to pry. Forget I mentioned it. And then she leaves and we see the X-Jet taking off. And then we hear yet another monologue from Charles being like, quick recap. No, I don't. He don't even (laughs) need to talk about it because he just like says there are recaps after the show. And then he's like, here's everything that happened so far. Again, is is he going to do this at the end of every episode where he's like, okay. And then he's like dramatically like, and the X-Men are still in for the fight of their lives. And I was like, (laughs) it's like every week he's like, like, the X-Men are still going to get fucked up out there and i'm still not going to be able to call them because there's no wi-fi over there and it's like oh my god what (laughs) (laughs) also i like that he becomes just like the announcer from pokemon just takes over it's like where are the x-men are gonna go next time ash brock and misty came over the hilltop and they saw something you wouldn't believe well hang out with their heroes again next week ha 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 like don't fall yeah james comes in i wish i was straight (laughs) anyway um that's the end of this episode i mean it was <laughs> yeah that is the end the dialogue in this episode's good but like i'm gonna go ahead and straight up say like it's like three out of five x's for me because it wasn't particularly interesting it just like resolves some plot points mm-hmm. and it does it really well and i think the dialogue is really great but it's really fucking boring for like most of it <laughs> yeah it's not that much happens i'll give it a four i i'm with you it's not it's not perfect i feel like the fact that this show moves so slowly is its advantage and yet also its detriment where i'm like how is this going to get up to a season finale like what how is any of this gonna go anywhere i don't know i mean at least there isn't too much going on and i do appreciate that and like i said I feel like everybody's wildly in character Mm -hmm. better than some of the other characterizations I've seen in recent movies Mm -hmm, of the mm -hmm. X-Men. And so that's nice. And the dialogue is very well written, but like in terms of what's happening in this episode, it moved a little slow, but maybe that's okay. This is how anime storytelling works. And I'm just not used to that after Wolverine, the X-Men maybe, but personally, like I was like, eh. it kind of reminds me of X-Men evolution. Like some of the episodes where almost nothing would happen, but it would just be more character building conversations development which is important I, I think that's important to the tv show so like i don't have any complaints it's just kind of like mediocre that's all <laughs> yeah no i hear you and i mean on x-men evolution we always had way more to say i mean i feel like the fact that these episodes are shorter really shows you yeah how much less is actually happening on the anime as compared to some of the other adaptations we've talked about right like this is as deep as i can get and we're still only at like 45 minutes so here we go <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, you want to talk about who's gay? The I don't feel like there was. Yeah, I guess you're right. Not really. I don't think I don't think we have a who's gay section segment this week because, I mean, unless you're looking at queer coding, which I guess you can say. Yeah, is... I mean, I feel like the only part that kind of reminded me of that, and it's not them being literally gay, so it doesn't really work for the segment. But I did really like Emma's speech to Hisako. And just the sort of larger commentary about how Aurora's like, after I mastered my powers, I 
basically became an activist and like a guerrilla fighter for mutant rights. She's yeah, like I was like once when I finally came out of the closet, yes. it got a lot better. And Emma's like also like yeah, and when I came out of the closet, things were easier for me. And I thought I was a monster once upon a time too. Mm-hmm. And Cyclops is like, well, maybe you still are the monster. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, it also kind of was interesting to see like these different characters' journeys. Yeah, I agree. In Storm's case, she has this like pretty idealized version of it where it's like she she came out of the closet you know she becomes an activist she's fighting for mutant rights but in emma's case she's like yeah so i came out of the closet and then got addicted to coke for like six years and like (laughs) ruined some people's lives was partying sleeping around you know i made some mistakes in my life that i regret not that sleeping around is always a mistake but Emma clearly has some regrets. Honestly, that does happen a lot in like the fucking queer I community. Know. It's like you come out and you like go hard. That was part of what made me think about it. And sometimes you're more vulnerable to somebody like Mastermind being like, oh my God, honey, you're so beautiful. Like you should be yeah. doing all this stuff. And like you've been treated wrong. So therefore it's okay for you to party really hard and like, you know live like you're gonna die at any second although this version of mastermind is pretty gay i mean like we saw him finally he's like i don't know what he was wearing that's a good point actually in terms of like homoeroticism mastermind is really fucking gay well this version of mastermind is a disney villain he's wearing okay he's wearing a purple velvet suit like if that's not gay what is and it has like gold decals on it and like fucking sequins and shit i was like got his wine he's like hello honey i've got a bump for you to do and she's like okay sure riding around in limos look for fellow homos to pick up and like recruit to his evil homo gang i mean that is kind of the vibe (laughs) i mean he does he does have like a lot of that queer coding that the uh disney villains have yes absolutely he does you know where it's just like his mannerisms are there he's very like feminine Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. he's you know he likes his wine he's giggling he's wearing this very eccentric outfit yep and it's purple yeah like very uh but in like in a negative way but it's okay i cut you know how i feel about queer-coded villains. I yeah. know that they're bad, but I'm like, I like them more than the queer-coded heroes who don't do anything mm-hmm. at all. Well, I mean, <laughs> I still feel like some of Scott and Logan's thing is kind of implied to be a relationship and so on. Like, there's still, like, homoeroticism among the heroes, you know? So it's like, that's part of why I usually feel pretty different. Well, yeah. I mean, this is anime, so, like, everything is kind of gay. And so. it's based on Grant Morrison comics, so there you go. Oh, yeah. Uh, and shout out to Emma dressed as Bayonetta for that one scene, which is just yeah, gay. Yeah, she's gorgeous. It's Bayonetta, unless you play Bayonetta 3, when it's, everything gets very straight, but whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also, shout out to Emma's beautiful white outfit. She looks amazing. I mean, she always looks she's amazing. Queen. It's Emma Frost. She's fucking great. Um, yeah. I don't have anything else to say. There wasn't a a very gay episode. Yeah. All right. Well, it's time for plugs, I guess. Wow. And under an hour. Did it again. That's, I mean, that's how you know nothing happened. Loving it. (laughs) (laughs) Mutantages.com. It's our website. And I would recommend going to it and then checking out all the different ways that you can contact us, which are our email address, themutantages at gmail.com. Yeah. We've got a Discord server that you can join. We had a really fun conversation in there this week about Sailor Moon <laughs> and also various anime that were uh, favorites of our listeners. It's been really fun to talk about all that stuff in there. Also, courtesy of the Discord, that's how we found out that the anime is streaming for free on YouTube. And I included a link to it in last week's episode. Uh, and if you lose that link, you know, people in the discord got you. Um, 
We have a voicemail inbox, 1508-319-1668. You can call, leave us a message. We will respond to it on a listener feedback episode. And we have a P.O. box, which is P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760, where you can send us physical mail. You can send us toys, candy, board games, books. Somebody sent us a freaking X-Men look and find. Yeah. And it's it was, great. That was great. I think uh, you can send us some X-Men Valentines if they exist anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. We love X-Men Valentines. We post them every year that is our favorite we always post those on uh the social media we're like well i i there was one year i did a dump of like 50 of them but now i just do like one or two but yeah yep, i love yep. those ones from the 90s so if you find them you can send them they're amazing i kind of miss valentine's you know like giving you people know. like those little cards and like seeing how many you yeah. can collect and be like i mean it was well, fun actually never mind i mean it was also like clicky and mean and horrible but well in grade school your parents made you do one for everybody but those like later on when you're in high school and they oh my god do you remember like they would do the fucking roses or the carnations or whatever oh my Terrible. god i was just gonna say the roses and the chocolates and you're like okay i never so... got that i literally never had that no one ever bought me that the same all of well, who was i gonna so date it was completely pointless <laughs> well but also i didn't even have friends who would buy me that i didn't have anyone who would buy me that so it was just like one year of school where i was like wow i hate my life i never hated it i always wish somebody would but at the same time there wasn't anybody who would be interested i don't know like i am not good at dating it was sad <laughs> yeah i definitely wasn't back then i'll tell you that much anyway uh we're all over social media <laughs> facebook you can twitter. find us posting our valentines yeah. facebook twitter we're the mutant ages on all of them tumblr instagram pinterest tiktok you name it we got it uh we're individually on there i'm at midi myers m-i-d-i-m-y-e-r-s on every platform oh. how about you Ryan? uh i'm at ryan pagella on twitter and ryan dapagella on instagram that's r-y-a-n-p-a-g-e-l-l-a did i spell it right <laughs> I hope so. I hope uh, so. We're also on YouTube for the Mutant Ages. And Maddie mentioned Demon, which is our high school parody, <laughs> parody video we did of the X-Men. Greatest thing but we've it, ever it done. But it is a good intro to like some of the weird shit that like we have held on to our entire lives, like The Matrix and Final Fantasy Super X2 Smash Brothers. And, and Super- I was <laughs> yeah. re-watching some of D2 the other day because I just wanted to watch that Matrix See, we there's a scene in there for our <laughs> listeners where it's like it's actually genuinely very funny where it's like it's supposed to be the chase scene from matrix reloaded and like everybody's mm-hmm. wearing sunglasses at trench coasts but it's like scooters there's like one person in a car there's like somebody on a unicycle that's playing the hardcore music it's just very funny uh, but before mm-hmm. I got there, I accidentally opened up the Super Smash Brothers part, and I was like, "What's happening? I can't even see what's going on." Yeah, like, it's like us in the dark outside someone's apartment building, <laughs> making Super Smash Brothers noises. Like, if that sounds funny to you, you should probably check out our I YouTube mean, channel. It's very 2004. Anyway, it's a good time. There's other stuff on there too. That's not just that, uh, like us playing through yep. games of the X Men. So. Go check it out. Us rewriting X Men Apocalypse. You know the huge. That's the important stuff. And uh, we also have a lot of ways that you can financially support us. For example, we have a store. I link to it in every episode description with T-shirts, tote bags, etc. And we have a Patreon with bonus episodes, among other rewards. It's at patreon.com/slash/the-mutant-ages. 
please consider supporting the show. We appreciate it so much. And our highest tier Patreon supporters get a shout out. They do. On the show every week. No crazy voices this week. I uh, don't have anything to do. It's just not that kind not, of show. Not, I, mean, I mean, I thought about doing Mastermind. They don't introduce a new character every week, so we can't. I mean, there's, I mean, well, not, last week, Knuckles was at least here to step in, but he's not here this week. He That's went, right. Remember, he went off. He's yeah. like, my echidna senses are going off. I need to find shards of the Master Emerald. Like the Chaos Emeralds or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Maddie's like, I don't know what it is. <laughs> like, I'm never going to get away from it. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> shout out to... Shout out to Samuel B, Soren B, and Zach S for being our top tier Patreon subscribers. We super appreciate you all. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for sticking with the show. We appreciate you so much. And uh, for those of you who cannot afford to support the show, please leave us a review on a podcast platform of your choosing that lets you leave a review or a rating. And also share the show with your friends. Tell them to hop on board and watch the anime with us. We're having a great time. And it's a really freaking good show. And also it's on YouTube. So check it out. You yeah. Know? We love the anime. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's, that's the it. show. We've done it again. That's that's, that's right. right. That's the end. We'll see you next time. <laughs>